0: You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Good morning. You may be seated in the presence of God. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I greet you in the name that is above every name, Jesus, our resurrected Lord and Savior. It's so good to be home at the advent. When Carolyn picked me up yesterday, I said, I feel like I've come to a family reunion. Thank you for making me a friend of this church. And most of all, thank you for making me family. Let me thank the Lord for this church. I keep up with you on your website and in social media. And it's so good to see Facebook and Instagram friends in person to hug you and to say I love you. Thank you to those that send encouraging notes through the years or suggest that you've been praying for me in this ministry. It means so much to be at one of the most premier churches and pulpits of our nation. And I thank you for remembering a little black girl from Dallas, Texas this is certainly a place where we know the cross makes us family let me thank my dear friend and brother dean andrew you do it all the time but sometimes refreshers need refreshment will you join me and let's thanking god for the leader of this house god bless you i honor you i'm so thankful that he has such a brilliant mind and such a generous heart And when Texas was impacted by Hurricane Harvey, he was one of the first pastors to reach out to say, how can we help? I want to thank God that you have a pastor. You know this, but he is just a tremendous pastor, has a pastor's heart. And I'm so thankful for his friendship and brotherhood. And thank you so much for putting feet on the gospel. We won't keep you too long, but please allow me to acknowledge family and friends that are here. It means so much to have you. We want you to get back to work on time, and we have some good meatloaf and a vegetable plate to get to, so we won't keep you very long. I will present a skeleton of what God has given me, and in your quiet time with the Lord, you can put the meat on the bones. How about that? Will you pray with me? Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this great church. And most of all, thank you that they are a reflection of Jesus Christ. I pray in the supernatural name of Jesus that you will hide behind this preacher and every preacher that stands here. Bless both pastor and the marriage of pastor and people. And may this be a beacon of light in a benighted world. Thank you for Dean Andrew. Thank you for the resources of this church. And thank you that the gospel transcends all denominational, socioeconomic, lines and thank you that nothing matters at this moment other than you so we preach to an audience of one creating me a clean heart and renew within me the right spirit allow us to encounter you the resurrected king today in Jesus name amen 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 Uh, Let me thank Sandy for her tremendous administrative abilities. She has gifts that I do not have. And I want to say to her publicly what I've said in private, Andrew needs to give her a raise. (laughs) What a gift you have. And if she weren't working for the admin, I certainly want her to work for Cross Ministries. She's been a blessing and so has my good friends. Thank you, Carolyn, for our special time yesterday. And thank you so much to each of you, my brothers and my sisters. There is a word from the Lord in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 14. If you have your Bibles, chapter 14. This is my favorite book of the Bible, a book that reminds us that Jesus is prophet, priest, and king. Mark, chapter 14, a familiar passage. Thank you, Sue Ellen, for your kindness and sisterhood. I praise God for you. Mark chapter 14, verse 3. And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment, very precious oil, and she broke the box and poured it on his head. Verse 9. Verily I say unto you, whosoever this gospel shall be preached, throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken for her of a memorial to her. For a few minutes, my Advent family, let's simply consider this text and this topic. What's in your hand? What's in your hand? My brothers and sisters, we make choices each day, choices that impact our human experience, our health, our financial portfolios, our careers, our dreams, our families, our churches, and our spiritual growth or lack thereof. The question is, what's in your hand? We all make good decisions based upon what we put in our hands, don't we? I'm always making the decision over a Krispy Kreme donut or a green smoothie. The question is, what's in your hand? A burger or a veggie wrap? What's in your hand? A Bible or a self-help book? What's in your hand? A Sunday School book or Facebook? What's in your hand? hard work or laziness prejudices or open-mindedness selfishness or generosity pettiness or piety or humility passion or passivity things happen when you and i put things in our hands we know great things happen when you put a golf club golf ball in phil mickelson's hand in the hand of Tiger Woods. We know that special things happen when you put a mission, a Bible, and a microphone in the hand of Martin Luther and Martin Luther King Jr. What has God put in your hand? Look at what has happened when you put a vision of a Bible teaching, Bible preaching theological institution in the hands of Dean Timothy George. And the same thing happens when you place it in the hands of Dr. Mark Bailey at Dallas Theological Seminary. But the question at the Advent is, what's in your hand? In our text, we see that a woman comes to a house party Not empty-handed, but with something in her hand. I don't know about you, but I respect old school because old school people don't go to a party empty-handed. I feed kids all the time, and they come in and say, thank you, Reverend Robinson. What a good cake, Mrs. Robinson. I sure enjoyed that meatloaf, Reverend Tim, but if my mother and her crew came over, they're coming over with a pound cake. They're coming over with some green bean casserole. They're coming over with squash casserole or a beet salad with with blue cheese crumbles and pecans. What's in your hand? She doesn't come to this house party empty-handed today I'd like to entitle this special lesson lessons from a woman that God remembers lessons from a woman that God remembers and if it's anything I want you to remember I want you to remember this question what's in your hand in this text she comes to the house party and I love a good house party don't let this uh, black blouse fool you or this tulle skirt because I like putting on jeans and t-shirt and tennis shoes and meeting my friends when they are having an evening of jazz. Preachers are people too. I love being able to come over. If you tell me you're having prime roasts and air Colbert and some roasted potatoes, you know Kokisha Robinson will be at that table. I want you to know this woman didn't come to the party because of the music that would be heard. She didn't come to the party because of the chip and dip that they had. No Rotel in antiquity had drawn her to this party, not even good Swedish meatballs. She came to the party because Jesus was in the house. What can we learn from the woman, the unnamed woman with the alabaster box, I'm glad you asked find Jesus and get to where he is. If you know that Jesus is coming to Bethany, if he's coming to Birmingham, get to the house where Jesus is. Is anybody interested in lessons that we learn from the woman with the alabaster box? What happens in this text? The cliff note version is this. She hears that Simon the leper is having a party She makes her way to the party. And the fact that this party is at Simon the leper's house shows us that Jesus takes people that the world has ostracized, and he draws them into his inner circle. My question is, who comes to your house parties? Does everybody look like you? Is everybody a part of the Crimson Tide Nation? Are you ever welcoming of people that root for a different team? Who comes to your party? Is everyone the same skin color with the same type of sororities and fraternities and awards? Who comes to your party? Jesus goes to the houses of the people that the world has limited their voices and made them invisible. And I love Jesus because as he's dead boating the evening of his life, he's validating the existence and significance of a leper. And he's doing it in the presence of a woman. I don't know about you, but if you read how the world treated women and lepers, it seemed to be inextricably tied. Many times they were worthless. Many times you would yell out to the leper, he's unclean, he's unclean. That means don't come around us clean folk. Are there people that the Lord is sending into the advent and you think, this role is too clean for you with your contaminated situation or is everyone welcome to the advent i'm so very thankful today to say that if we want to be like jesus we must go to the houses of the people that the world has despised she comes to the table where they are eating meat but she comes to the table not because prime rib or a rack of lamb is served. She comes to the table because Jesus is sitting at the table. She doesn't come empty handed. She comes with an alabaster box. What's the significance, Kokisha, of her bringing an alabaster box to the party? What great questions you ask in Birmingham. She comes out of appreciation for the transformation that God has made in her life. And she wants Jesus to have the best of what she has. What are we learning so far? She came. She came to the house where Jesus was. But she didn't just come, she brought. She brought something that cost her something, the most expensive thing in her household. She came and she brought. But not only that, she poured. She poured. This fragrant perfume, this expensive perfume uh, that costs 300 denarii, which is one year worth of salary in the Bible day. She came, she brought, she poured. In fact, before she poured, she had to break. How do you know she had to break it? The text says it. And what does it mean that she broke the alabaster box? Well, an alabaster box, was invented to hoard and protect the valuable ointment that would be lying inside. In fact, when you would try to get something out of an alabaster box, it's as though the box would say to you, I'm not letting it go because I was designed to hold it. And then it's as though she has to tell this stubborn box i know you are designed to hold it but i want to give jesus the contents inside and since you won't release it i'll have to break it because i'm determined to give him the best of my praise in this oil what does the world want you to hoard that god wants you to give away to him she came she brought She poured. She gave her whole life savings. She didn't calculate, do I need to pay my bills before I tithe? If you look in our bank statements, you can tell what we worship. Do we give to the God of all creation, or does Macy's get our money before the advent? Do we give to our favorite steakhouse and seafood restaurant, or to Alabama Power before we thank God for what he's done in our life? She came, she brought, she poured, but not only that, she ignored. What is she ignoring, Coquisha? Another great question. Well, she's ignoring haters and naysayers. Jesus' crew, the disciples, have suddenly turned their backs on him and have urged her not to waste the expensive ointment on Jesus. Perhaps someone is telling you, why are you always teaching at the Advent? You can be hanging out at sorority meeting." If someone ever saying, you're leaving that much wealth to the Advent and when you pass, you can give that to a university. I want you to know she came, she brought, she poured, and she ignored because sometimes people will urge you to do a good thing that is not the best thing. In this last year, I've been approached by people to ask if I would consider being a plus-size model. Oh, how interesting that conversation was, Andrew. <laughs> and while I've lost a lot of weight through the years, and I'm certainly no health expert, I'm still considered plus-size. I'd have to dig a little deeper in that discussion on another occasion. But I had to pray, God, do you want me to be a plus-size model? And he said, no, I want you to grow Cross Spring Ministry and to preach and teach and mentor and provide water wells in South African communities so people can have water and be open to receiving the living water. Thank you so much, Lord, for reminding us of our purpose. And then I was reminded by someone that asked me, can I partner in ministry with them so we can lead a ministry together in Dallas and I was flattered because there aren't many co-leaders of African American women in ministry and I thought what a tremendous opportunity this will be and God said but I didn't call you to be a plus-size model and neither did I call you to be the co-parent of this ministry that I didn't call you to Advent I came from Texas to say don't replace the best thing with good things because good can be the enemy of best This text shows us that she had to ignore those that love Jesus, who didn't want her to waste expensive oil on Jesus. She came, she brought, she broke, she poured, but then she does something beautiful, she bows. Somebody needs to know that before you can stand, you must learn to stoop. So many of us want to be the next American idle in preaching but we don't want to spend quiet time praying fasting and studying many of us want to be acknowledged on men's day and women's month many of us want andrew to esteem us as the most faithful member but has the advent ever seen you scooping up trash when nobody was looking Before you stand, you have to learn to stoop. I'm meeting so many people that have uh, prophesied that they are bishops and apostles. I'm meeting people that call themselves doctors but don't have a doctorate degree. Just because you call yourself a doctor doesn't make you one. And just because you say you're president, it doesn't make you presidential. I didn't come to hit nobody, but I didn't come to miss nobody either. She came, she brought, she broke, she poured, she kneeled down and worshiped. she ignored the murmurs of the people that said, don't waste this. And Jesus said something beautiful. You will always have the poor with you, disciples, but you won't always have me. What do we see here? That perhaps this anonymous woman had a better grasp on who Jesus is and was and would be than his own inner circle. Because Jesus knew, That she was giving him the highest honor by anointing him for burial on the way to crucifixion. What do we learn here? That Jesus can use humiliation as a place of exaltation. And I don't know about you, but I've been hired and I've been fired. I've been slim and I've been fat. I've been popular and I've been overlooked. I just got an award from Baylor Truett Seminary for being the first female preacher at a preaching event that's been going on for 15 years. I'm honored and I'm humbled by that place of exaltation. But even if Truett doesn't know, I know the things that I've experienced in life that have been places of humiliation. God wants you to know that he is in the business of changing our lamentation to celebration and humiliation into exaltation. She came, she brought, she broke, she poured, she stooped. What is the significance of this? Well, as we come to a close, she is taking the glory of a woman, her clean hair, which was always placed in a braid or a bun in Bible days. Women never wear, wore their hair down. But here she lets her hair down, turning culture on his head, just as Jesus did. And she bows down and puts her clean hair on his dirty feet. Because in the Bible days, even if you weren't barefoot, if you had on sandals, you still came into contact with dead things and blood and dirt and dong feces and she bows down because she wants to do to the feet of Jesus what Jesus has done to her heart. She came, she brought, she broke, she poured, she bowed and she worshiped. I'm so thankful that Jesus shows us in this text that his ministry is a ministry of preparation. In Matthew 26, 1 through 46, Jesus prepares his disciples for the trial. His enemies prepared their plans for taking him. A woman prepared his body for burial. Judas prepared to betray him. Jesus prepared himself in prayer. What are you preparing for in this life that you are preparing for the days to come? What is in your hand? Because she brought something in her hand, we know the words to this this song today. The room grew still as she made her way to Jesus. She stumbled through the tears that made her blind. She felt such pain. Some spoke to her in anger. Heard folks whisper, there's no place for her kind. Still on she came through the shame that flushed her face until at last she knelt before his feet. And though she spoke no words, everything she said was heard as she poured her love on the master from her box of alabaster. And I've come to pour my praise on him from Mary's alabaster box. Don't be angry if I wash his feet with my tears and dry them with my hair. You weren't there the night he found me. You did not feel what I felt when he wrapped his loving arms around me and you don't know the cost of my alabaster box. The world will remember women like First Lady Trump, Jackie O, First Lady Obama. The world will remember people like my heroes, Dr. Norfleet Day and Dr. Patricia Outlaw. The world will remember outstanding women of this congregation like Sue Ellen, Sandy, and the list goes on and on. Carolyn, but if you want to be a woman that God remembers, come, bring, break, pour, bow. Jesus gave his hands to the nails. What will you put in your hand for him? Dear God, thank you for your word. Thank you for crucifying us. Teach us to die daily and to give back to you what you've given us so freely. Thank you for the nails. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.